Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. We are on the air. This is Thesis. Three, two, one. We are on the air. This is Thesis. Everything is everything. I am your host, Jay Marie. How's it going out there, folks? Hope you are doing well. Thank you for showing up and hanging out with us today. Coming to you live from Zombie Land. Yes, it is. As it has been all year. Well, I hope y'all are doing good. I hope you're staying safe and healthy. Esther. All right, so today we're going to have a, a, converse, a serious conversation uh, for the homies out there right off the bat. Um, you know, uh, I want to tell y'all this is something that if you haven't had that conversation with with your, you know, with your kids about, you know, some of the stuff maybe that we used to do or whatever back in the day. You know, maybe they're kind of young still and, you know, the time ain't right or whatever. But right off the bat, I just wanted to t let y'all know that we're going to we're going to talk a, a little bit about responsibility as a parent, you know, and uh you know, so, you know, we come from the hood, right? We all know that. We talk about it all the time. And we try to, you know, use some of those experiences that we grew up with. Uh, here, you know, we share them. We talk about them. Uh, but then we also try to find some sort of lesson in them, you know. As the, and uh, I, had, um, I had a conversation with my um, daughters, um, yesterday uh so oh well first of all i want to tell you my bad my bad folks merry christmas i hope y'all had a great time with your family and my bad you know it just slipped my mind because i've been chomping at the bit to get on here to talk to y'all about uh, what i wanted to talk to you today but let's start at the beginning um merry christmas thank you um i hope you had a great time with your family and i hope you know uh, you had a you know enjoyed your time and um that things were well and again, uh, thank you for for hanging out with us, right? So I, um, so we had our little Christmas dinner, and uh, you know I have twin daughters. One of them couldn't make it because you know they're both married now. So you know uh, how it is with in-laws. You do stuff with the in-laws, and sometimes there's a conflict of time, right? So our thing is a breakfast thing on Christmas Day. And then, you know, they had their little something going on on that side of the family, too. So one of my daughters couldn't make it, the, the one that lives in New York. Estem. Uh, so on Sunday, we hung out uh, to kind of catch up since we didn't, since I didn't get to see her and her husband. And, you know, we hung out at my, at my other daughter's house. So it was me and my two daughters and my two uh, son-in-laws. Estem, we were hanging out, watching the Cowboys game. Um, and eating pizza and stuff like that. And, you know, having some conversations and stuff. And, um, uh, we started talking about some stuff, right? So, um, something came up about poker. I brought up poker, you know, about flock. Because, see, my daughter's no flock, right? And, uh, we started talking about poker or something. And one of my daughters mentioned to me that she... Uh, saw a show or a movie or a documentary, something on Netflix or somewhere about uh, something like this, of a true story of somebody who was running an illegal poker game that got big and big famous people. And I don't know, you know, she told me what it was, but I can't remember what it was. And um, 
you know, and I mentioned to her, oh, you know, we, we, we know some folks here in the hood that run some games like that, you know, backroom games and stuff. And, you know, me and Flock were talking about it a couple times, you know, on the poker episode and, you know, a couple, a couple times, right? So my daughter was interested. She was like, what? You know, um, so here, let, let, me, let me fill y'all in a little bit. So I tried to isolate my children from all of the craziness, uh, the stuff that I was involved in you know, the drugs and stuff. Now, at a young age, I would bring that stuff home. But as they got older, any any illegal activity and stuff like that that I would do, I would keep it away from the house, you know, as much as possible, right? I wanted, I wanted to isolate them from that stuff, from that behavior, right? So, you know... We, you know, they're grown now. My daughters are 25 years old. I said they're adults. And, and it's fun. It's funny. Well, not funny. It's um, maybe funny is not the right word. But, you know, we were having conversations. And when she, when I told her that I knew guys that run, like, poker games and stuff, she was amazed. She was like, what? Like, wow. Like, how, how do you know these kind of people and this and that, right? So I, I broke them down a little bit. I broke her down about the game, the back, you know, the game that Flock was talking about, you know, the back house and this and that. And, you know, and she was really intrigued about it because, you know, like I said, she saw this movie, this show, and she was like, wow. You know, so we got to talking about some of these things, you know, about that time frame, that time period in, um, in our life, in my life, you know. Este, and we brought up, um, you know, I brought up, of course, some of the, the stuff from back in the day, you know, the drug dealing and all of that stuff, you know. Este, and now, um, so we have a family thing, um, here. <laughs> it's, uh, it sounds very, like, mobby, like, <laughs> okay, well, first of all, we're, we were clowning, because when, when, uh, you know, when I was telling them about the stuff that we would do, and, uh, you know, their mom, right, you know, she was, right, my wife, <laughs> so, you know, they were like, wow, like, how, you know, how did mom, you know, how did mom allow all this stuff to go on or whatever and you know we kind of looking back and then sober thinking you know you kind of think well okay certain situations in life where we come from um you know what we had what we didn't have as the you know you tolerate certain things you know i, I it's it's hard to explain but that would probably be the best answer is that you tolerate certain things and and you know that's what had happened so you know and they're adults now and look they know some of this stuff but they don't know details right they know that there was drugs involved and this and that but i don't think they really ever asked and if they did ask maybe whoever they asked like their aunt or uncles uh maybe they just kind of you know a little something but not into detail right so they kind of knew there was something going on now, back to the family thing. So, I married into a family that's connected. For for the lack of a better term, that was connected, right? Uh, so, my wife's brothers were connected in Mexico. You know, so they had connections and people were bringing work. And, like, that's where I started with the whole thing, right? Este, so it was it was one, two, it was two brothers. No, three brothers. And then... Uh, brother-in-law which married one of the other sisters and then me I was the other brother-in-law right so there was five of us in this little clan kind of and we all had our wives right 
and we all did our thing. <laughs> so I was, you know, we were laughing. I was laughing because I was like, y'all, y'all have no idea. I'm like, your mom was, was a mob wife, you know? And I'm like, your tia, you know, and we're just joking. And look, like I said, I'm not, I don't justify our behavior or anything like that. But, you know, we're looking back on it. And we were having a chuckle because it's like, hey, your mom was a mob wife. Like, don't even, you know what I'm saying? And my daughters were just like, what? You know, and, I, and, and even the guys, right? I'm talking because we're all talking, right? And I'm like, yeah, dudes, I said, Mar you know, uh, Marta, my ex-wife, I'm like, hey, uh, she's a gangster. It's like, don't let that shit fool you, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm just having a, I'm just having a goof, you know, because she's really, she's really a nice person. She's not gangster at all. But, you know, we had to do some stuff back in the day, right? Uh, that, you know, to survive, you got to do stuff in the hood sometimes. And it's, you know. Anyhow, so we're, we're clowning and she, you know, my daughters are like, wow, I had no idea. All right. And uh, <clears throat> so then she asked me about her cousin's father. He got killed a long time ago when they were young. All the kids were young and he got killed um, on some drug deal shit, right? On some, on some fucked up shit. Este, and she asked me about it, right? And, uh, you know, she said, do you know what happened to Enrique? And I said, yeah. You know, and she says, because I know he died and I, I just know he got shot, but like, I don't know any details or anything. And she goes, you know, you know what happened? And I said, yep. Uh, and, you know, I and she said she wanted to know. Right. So I said, do you want to know? She said, yeah. Are you sure? Yes. OK. And mind you, these are all adults. OK. They're young adults. My daughter is 25. The, the men are also like 25. 26, they're all around the same age, right? They all graduated college at the same time. Este, so, you know, we're all adults, and I figured, okay, I can, I, I could be honest. I mean, my daughter wants to know. They're all interested. I'll give you all the scoop, you know? And uh, before I give the scoop, um, and I'm going to share the whole story with you guys, too, because it's, it's uh, something, you know, it's, it's a horrible story, a tragic story. Something that we lived, but there's also, um, I think, a lesson to be learned about all of it. Um, before I get into it, let me let me kind of premise this a little bit, uh, preface this a little bit with um, with a few examples of, of a couple things. You know, um, you know, when kids are young, they don't understand stuff, right? So, so as adults, as as parents, as uncles, or whatever, you. You simplify things that a kid can understand because they're not going to understand the complexities of life and the issues and whatever, right? So you simplify things. He got shot, this and that, you know, okay, cool. And that's all they understand, but never really knowing. So there's a big gap there. It's kind of one thing that I noticed from this whole conversation with my daughter. But anyhow, um, you know, there's times to... Reveal stuff and there's times to hide stuff, you know. So there's times that we can say like little white lies, right? Because you're not actually lying. You're, um, well, here's the thing. Technically, <laughs> right, uh, by not disclosing something in some like legal sense, it's lying, right? By non-disclosure or something like that, which is, a, which is hogwash, you know, legal hogwash. 
But if you say, you know, yeah, you know, he got he just, he got shot, and then oh, okay, and then that was it. And if they don't ask too many questions, or maybe at some point we're like, how? And then just kind of, uh, you know, it's just maybe you know, I don't want to talk about it or whatever. Okay, right. So sometimes that's good, especially when we're dealing with children. You know, when we're dealing with children, we got to be sensitive and think about the, you know, what we say and how to protect them and this and that, right? And, and that's a good thing. As a parent, as an uncle, as a grown-up, that's how we protect children from the, you know, the garbage that we do as adults, you know? Uh, so, oh, and uh, just timing, uh, as far as, like, revealing certain things, the timing has to be right, um, you know, as far as deciding when something is right, for sure, when kids when kids are adults, I mean, they're adults and be, they're able to take certain information as adults, you know, compared to as teenagers, let's say, or young, teen, or young, you know, younger. As they, they, you know, they wouldn't be able to comprehend some of the, the stuff like, you know, the complexities or whatever, right? Um, all right, so back to the story. So she asked me, like, do you know what happened to Enrique, right? And I said, yes. And uh, do you want to know? Yes. So, um... Because then, then she says, because I know he was shot, and she said, and he was shot in a drive-by, but I don't know anything, <clears throat> pardon me, but I don't know anything about it, she says. And then right there, I realized that along the way, you know, they, at some point, they heard that he got shot. Maybe at some point, somebody said he got shot in a drive-by, just to kind of simplify things a little bit, you know. And uh, I realized that when she said it, you know, and I said, no, no, that's not what happened, you know. And I, I think I reiterated, like, you sure you want to know what happened? And they said yes, right? Okay, so I started with the story. All right, so in our family, um, like I said earlier, it was me and Enrique was the other husband of the sister, right? I'm married to one sister. He's married to the other sister. And then we got two brothers there's more brothers than that, but three really. One was in one was in prison, and two were out here. Uh, so it was basically us, the little crew. But then we had our little, we had a little crew, right? Este, so Enrique and I, and the guys, and then my brother joined along also. Este, we were working. You know, we were moving work. We were all kind of, you know, whoever got some work, we'd all pitch in and get rid of it and make money. We'd all make money. You know, we're all good. We'd hang out. Family. It was a family thing. It was a crew, you know, like the way you think in the movies. You know, it was a crew because we all, we did things together. This was like the family thing, you know. And then, of course, we each had our own little branch of whatever. Like I had my people that I did things with, right, my goons or whatever over here. And then Enrique had his people and his, you know, as the, like that, each branch, each person had their own little branch, but it was a little family, right? You know, we weren't capos, nothing like that. This shit didn't work that way back in the day. It was just a crew. We all worked, and, you know, there was no head honcho. The honcho was money. Who, who brought the stuff? That's who gets most, the more of the money. They get the bigger percentage or whatever, right? Uh, depending on how we set it up and whatever the fuck, right? So there was no boss, technically, but... You know, you respect the person who who has the work, the the ones who are bringing the work and all that. You know, but they're not bosses. They're, you know, there was no bosses. Anyhow, so Enrique and I uh, and the other brothers, and then my brother 
joined along. And at that point, um, that we had a shop, a paint and body shop. And, uh, you know, yeah, move some, move some, I mean, you know, we'd fix cars and paint cars and stuff like that. But, you know, in some ways it was sort of a, a cover. You know, everybody has to have their little cover. Instead, but we, yeah, we were moving cars out of there, working, paint, painting cars and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so at that point in life, we had the crew, we, had, we were moving work and things were, you know, we were making money and whatever. Okay. So one day, um, okay, so at that point, my brother was the right-hand man of Enrique and I was doing my thing. But, you know, we're all still, you know. But I'm doing my thing over here. My brother and Enrique, right-hand man and shit, you know, doing, the, doing their thing. Este, and then at some point, um, around, around this time frame of when this thing went down that I'm about to... Um, este, my brother had a, had a probation violation or something like that. And the judge gave him uh, like 30 nights, you know, uh, in jail. You know, so they had him on work release, you know. Este, so he had to show up every night to the jail to to stay overnight, you know, for 30 nights. So our, our homeboy, Enrique, um, you know, he, he had said one day or one morning that that some guys brought some work. And, you know, of course... You know, you don't reveal everything. You know, if you have some work and everything, you tell the guys, but you don't give away all the details. You know, you hold some stuff close to the vest. And Enrique was like that. He's like, hey, I got some guys. They have some work. I'm going to go talk to them and, you know, something like that. Good price or something. All right, all right, cool. This and that, right? That was, that was the story that morning or whatever. That day. It, it, this, thing, this thing was a couple days worth of, of stuff that was happening. So some guys apparently show up out of, you know, wherever from Mexico. Uh, some guys that he kind of knew or, or knew, you know, with some work. And, hey, they're going to give us some work and this and that. I'm going to go see them. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Uh, keeping stuff close to the vest, right? Um, so we knew that was going to happen. I think that he talked about it one day. And then the next day... Um, in the morning, so remember, my brother was staying the night in jail, and then when he'd come out of jail, he, uh, my dad would pick him up and take him to the shop, right, to open up the shop and whatever. So, when when our when Enrique was talking about meeting up with these guys or whatever, and then the next day I think he was gonna meet up, and so Lore came and opened up the shop and. Um, and then, um, then I show up later on because I wasn't, I wasn't, I was living, you know, in another spot or whatever. So I think I showed up later on or whatever. And then I think, I think it was something like, um, Enrique was going to go meet with those guys. And my, and my brother, Lore was like, Hey, well, you want me to go with you? You know, you want me to, you know, and Enrique was like, nah, I'm, it's cool. You know, I'm going to go see them and then, you know, I'll hit you up in a little while. All right, cool. So Enrique leaves, uh, or doesn't even show up at the shop. I don't really remember. Uh, and that was early. So, you know, we, we get to business. We get to doing things or whatever. And then, you know, we have some strange calls. Not some strange calls, but Enrique calls, you know, throughout the day. Um, 
he calls and then um, he tells my brother, hey, uh, you know, go collect, um, go collect that thing, you know, go collect that bread from so-and-so, right? Because he owed, you know, whatever, 10 grand or whatever. Go collect that, that bread and then let me know, you know, let me know what's up in a while when, you, when, you do, when you're done or whatever. All right, cool. So my brother goes, collects that money, whatever. All right, cool. And like, what the fuck? So, you know. Then Enrique, then he calls back again. And then he says something, uh, something, some other odd stuff. Like, um, este, he called a couple times, I think, with some just, I, I mean, honestly, like, no, no, no. I think the next call was, hey, go see, um, one of the other brothers-in-laws, right? One of the other guys, right? In the, in the little family thing. And, um, and uh, he's going to give, he's going to give you some, this money. He'll go pick up this money from so-and-so, right? Our brother, the other brother guy, the other, the other-in-law. Este, and then at that, by that point, my brother's concerned, right? He's like, well, what the fuck's going on, right? So he's like, hey, are you, what the hell? Like, what's going on? Are you okay or what? Yeah, yeah, everything's cool. Everything's cool. We're just, you know, trying to get some money so we can get this Halle, right? Halle is work. Este, um, okay, okay. So then he goes and gets that other money, come back, and then <clears throat> we're at the shop, and I, we're kind of concerned. Well, it is concerning because he's not revealing much. Of what's going on, right? So we're basically just trusting by what he's saying, but we're also we're also concerned because this isn't regular everyday behavior, you know, uh, from him or from us or or whatever, you know. Step. And uh, so we're we're there at the shop, whatever, and then he calls again at some time, sometime throughout later on, you know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't showed up, and it's all been on the phones. Um, hey, did you get that? Yes, this and that. Um, uh, okay, and, 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 you know, in a while, and here's the fucked up part. He says, in a while, in a little while, somebody's going to go by the shop to pick up that money. Right? And, ah, oh, fuck. So, right there, you know, that sounds crazy. So, my brother says, hey, if something's wrong, you know, clear your throat. Sniffle something, right? And, and and Enrique said, "Nah, everything's good, right?" And then, okay, uh, this and that, whatever. Uh, I think then somebody's, you know. So we're like, okay, somebody's supposed to come pick up that money. And at this point, it was like I'm, um, I don't know, thirty thousand. I think it was like thirty thousand. So we're at the shop, and it's dark, it's late already, it's getting, it's, I remember it was dark, I don't know how late it was, I know my brother had to be out the jail by nine or something, so, you know, time was of the essence as far as winding it down, uh, or something, right, um, and we're there, and we're thinking, and I remember my brother was telling me, man, this ain't, this ain't right, man, something's not right, he's like, I don't know, he just sounds, something's not right, he's something's not right, what should we do? And I told him, well, what do we do? What do we do? You know, should we had a gat right there, right? We had the gat. What, when this guy shows up, do we grab him, tie his bitch ass up? You know, something, right? What do we do, right? 
because I was down. I'm like, we'll tie this motherfucker up real quick, you know. There was one entrance, one entrance to the shop. Everything else was shut down, locked up, all the door, everything. So, motherfucker had to come through one spot, you know. Right. So we thought about it, like, fuck. We looked around. What do we got? If we're gonna do it, if we're gonna get him, tie him up, we're gonna have to crack him over the head, tie his bitch ass up, and then. But see, we don't know who's outside. You know, we didn't have cameras, unfortunately. We didn't have cameras, so we didn't know who he pulled up with. And, of course, you stick your head out. Shit, God knows what the fuck, you know? So we took all of that shit into consideration. And then seeing how how Enrique hadn't said nothing, he said it was cool. You know, we also thought, okay, what if we fuck up? What if everything is cool? And we fucking pull this shit, we're dead. You know, because... These motherfuckers don't play that shit from down there. When they come over here with work and shit, you know, all the, you know, oof, right? So we had a serious choice to make, man, and time was running out. And, uh, I mean, of course, you just go by what you trust, you know, and and then, you know, Lotus said, okay, well, Enrique said, give him the money, you know? So some guy shows up. I'm there, I have the gun, you know, right here, right? And then, uh, hey, this and that in Spanish. I don't remember what the conversation was. Pretty quick. Montaquel or whatever. Oh, I andan, you know, they're, oh, they're over there they're having some drinks or some shit, right? All right. Uh, you know, we just kind of, just there, you know, just kind of, you could feel the, the tension in the air, you know? So he gets the package, and then he says, all right, you know, and then, I don't know what chamos or whatever. See y'all later, you know, what chamos. See y'all later, right? Takes off. And, uh, you know, at that point, we, you know, we have to wrap it up, shut it down, because, you know, I got to go drop my brother off at the jailhouse. You know? He's like, all right, well. We'll catch up with Enrique later. I'll catch up with him later or, or in the morning or whatever, right? Because my brother had to turn himself in. I just went home, you know? Um, so then the next morning, next morning comes around. Uh, and, you know, my dad picks, picks up. Um, my dad would go and pick up my brother uh, from the jailhouse at 8 or something. You know, every morning, uh, in the morning, right? So now this is the next morning. This is the next morning after this thing, right? I'm at the house. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't go with him to go pick him up. Este, um, <clears throat> and so my dad goes and gets my brother. And, and then my, bro my brother says, uh, my dad tells my brother, Hey, somebody left a stolen car in front of the house. You want to go check it out? And my brother says, nah, take me to the shop. I got to open up. It's that, so, because see, we're here where we live, right here. You know, we live in the hood, right? But there's a park across the street, uh, and it's really dark. You know, there's, so people always shoot their guns at the park because there's, there's really dark, and it's hardly any lights, and it's a big space. You know, so people can do crazy stuff, right, at the park. 
And there's always, back in the day, they would leave stolen cars and stuff like that, you know? Like that, just like my dad said, hey, there's a stolen, there's a car right there. And it happens all the time. I don't know how many stolen cars we've, we've had to call the cops. You know, there's a car sitting there for a week, you know? And you go and you look in there and it looks like, you know, and it's like, it looks broken down or whatever, like, okay. So it's a, it's a usual thing to see a car, right? A stolen car or whatever. So my dad says, uh, tells my brother, hey, uh, there's a stolen car somebody left right in front of the house. You want to go check it out? Bro says, no, take me to the shop. All right. So my dad goes and drops him off at the shop. Uh, at some point later, I show up at the shop, you know, and we're there working, doing whatever the fuck with us it was we were doing. And then, you know, Enrique, you know, Lore was trying to call Enrique, and he wouldn't answer his damn phone and shit. So we're just there, and we're like, man, what the fuck, you know? You know, uh, concerned, but, you know, it was morning, and, you know, you're drinking, you're sleeping late, whatever. It's, it's a normal thing sometimes, you know, sleeping in late, not hearing from somebody, from the guy, one of the guys, till later on or something. And, uh, shit, we didn't hear from that fool, man. And then at some point during the day, I don't know, around 1 o'clock or something, we're there, and some detectives come to the shop, you know? And they they asked for my brother, uh, and, yeah, you know, and, and he went to the office. They went into the office with him, and, you know, I just, you know, was back there in the shop, and I was just like, what the fuck, you know? And it's kind of like you kind of get an idea, you know? And um, there were some detectives, and they came with some photographs of Enrique, and he was dead. He was shot. Um, they, Lore basically ID'd him because they came with the pictures, and they said, you know, do you know, do you know this person? Is this, you know... Enrique is, you know, that's a part owner of the shop or whatever. So, you know, and my brother had to ID him. My brother had to see the pictures of him shot. Estem, turned out he was shot. He was killed in his car. Uh, he had five, five in the chest and two to the face. And he expired in his back seat. Now, remember that car I was telling you guys about earlier that my dad said they left in front of the house? It wasn't a stolen car. It was Enrique's car with him in the back seat. And they left him in front of my mom's house. Um, that morning when my dad asked my brother if he wanted to go see and my brother said no, you know, usually it's something like, sure, you know, just to kind of goof. But that at that moment when my brother said, nah, take me to the shop, you know, it's, I think uh, that happened, uh, you know, that was something, it was a protection of some sort, I think, from, from, you know, the great force, the great power protected my brother from finding his friend, you know, dead in the back seat. That's the... So, unfortunately, my brother didn't find him. Man, my parents didn't find him. But our neighbor lady, you know, an, an elder lady, she saw, you know, that somebody got out of that car and walked off. 
and they didn't come back. And then after a while, she went up to the car and looked inside of the, the car and um, saw that there was a body in the back seat and she called the cops. Uh, turns out that that morning, um, I think my dad was coming back from the grocery store. I don't know what day of the week it was, to tell you the truth. Um, if I thought hard enough, we could probably figure it out. But regardless, my dad, I remember him saying that they were coming back either from the grocery store or something. And that he saw, you know, three guys, you know, because my dad's pulling up the, down the street. And as he's pulling down the street, it's near a park, right? So there's a lot of open space. And he noticed, my dad, you know, he, he peeps everything. You know, he sees everything. And he pays attention to everything. So um, he saw three guys getting out of the car also and walking away from it. As he was getting to the house, pulling into the driveway, getting the groceries, you know, he saw all of that. He saw all of that. And as he's getting the groceries, he saw them walking down the way and keep going and never come back. Okay, weird. Three guys. Um, so he saw that, you know, he saw these folks dropping off the car, three Mexican dudes, one had a hat. You know, I don't know. Mexican dudes, I mean, shit, right? We all look the same. Este, and yeah, Mrs., um, uh, our neighbor lady, she, she found, she found uh, Enrique dead. Uh, turns out the cops, you know, they, the homicide, you know, they're pretty good at what they do. Even back then, you know, I don't know what year this was, um, 97, maybe 98, something like that, you know, um, when this happened, and, um, you know, they took my brother in for questioning, right, to get his, his statement about whatever he knew and stuff, and he just told him, you know, he told him the whole story about, you know, um, Enrique being missing. He held out on some of the details, you know, uh, but I think they got the picture, you know, este, and, uh, you know, of course, first and foremost, you know, right off the bat, if you listen to crime pods, you know, the closest people to to someone is who they look at first. Right. So, of course, you know, of course, my brother might have been initially a person of interest or something. But since he was spending the nights in jail, they looked into that and they said, OK, but they just came a couple times and they asked questions about who do you think? Because my brother told him he was said he met with some people, you know. He never meant, you know, and they can never mention these folks' names, but that they showed up and you know that they had some work and that he was gonna try to get some money and this and that, right? I think he left out the part about us giving the money. I think I'm I'm not really sure. Maybe we can ask him one day <laughs> if he's willing to come on. But I don't know. But regardless. Um, you know, they actually came back a few times to to talk to my brother, you know, to ask more questions, to get up up some more leads and stuff like that. Because apparently they they tracked Enrique's credit card and Enrique took his car to get oil changed. 
and uh, something else. You know, he made several stops during that day, and those three guys were there. And the surveillance camera saw these three guys that were with him, you know. And the way the story seems to have pieced out, right, the way I told you, it seems to have been something like this. Like, they approached Enrique with a bogus story about having some work. Now, at some point, whether it was a robbery, maybe until they picked up the money, you know, or maybe until right before they picked up the money, they strong-armed him, pulled some guns out on him or something. At some point, he knew what was going on. Because the money that he told my brother to get was not from his own stash. It was from outside of his stash. He didn't say, hey, go into the safe and pull out. You know, he didn't say none of that. He said, go get that money from over there. Go get this money from over here. Right? So I think from what the story seems, it's like, this is, and this is what I think happened. We know we got some of it from the cops, but they don't know either. But, but this is sort of what it seems like is, you know, they, they told him they had some work and this and that. And while he was trying to get stuff together and once he gave a, a sort of a, a, yeah, let's do something and I got some money, maybe that's when they finally pulled out some guns and said, no, you're going to get that money. Because then the next time he called, he said, hey, go get some more money from the other guy, right? The other brother-in-law. Este, and the cops, you know, saw pictures. I think they knew who one guy was. He turned out to be like a, a second cousin removed of the family, you know. And when I say the family, I mean this family, right? That, I'm t that our family, not my family over here, the family you know, that we're talking about, this this crime family, right? He was, uh, a one of them was like a cousin, twice removed or something, you know, one of the guys that killed Enrique. And uh, from, from talking to some of the other guys, it turns out that they approached some of the other guys. They approached one of the other brothers. They approached somebody else in the hood. And, and the mother guys turned them down. You know, maybe they knew those guys a little too well and said, nah, I don't know, these guys are fishy. Maybe, maybe that's what happened, I'm not sure. But several people turned these guys down about their plan. Hey, we got some work and blah, blah, blah. But Enrique bit, you know. But then it, at some point during the whole thing, it was too late because their plan, that was their plan all along is to just rob somebody. And, you know, and these kind of motherfuckers, what they do is they do some work like that. Boom. As soon as they're done, they're in another car. They're on their way back to Mexico. You know, 48 hours, my balls, they're in Mexico. Unless you get some leads really fast, you know what I'm saying? But apparently they knew and, uh, you know, I don't remember too much. I'll ask my brother at some point for an update. What last thing he remembers, because I do remember years later, someone was arrested and they asked my brother to be a witness. Uh, something, maybe the guy with the money. I'm not even sure. Uh, but years later, you know, years later. Esteb. But as far as a solved crime, it took, I mean, like I said, 
I don't know the disposition. I do remember somebody being arrested and the, the chance of my brother being a witness in the trial. But I don't know what happened after that. I can find out, but I don't know. So as far as that's concerned, I do not know. And we in the hood really don't know. You know, by ghetto standards, by not ghetto, by hood standards, by drug dealer standards, by hit, you know, by Rob, by fucking Jack Move standards, it's pretty clear cut, I think, what happened. They were just looking for somebody to rob, you know. They knew my brother lived here, and, you know, uh, and they left. No, my bad. I don't need my brother. They didn't even live here. Um, um, they knew this was our 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 house or something, and they they it wasn't an accident that they left them in front of our house. It was a sign. It was a shut the hell up. I don't know what it was. It was a big fuck you. I don't know what it was, but they left them here. Este, and of course, when when something like that happens. In these terms of, of family and, you know, drug dealing and all of this stuff, este, it fucks a lot of things up. It fucked up the program. Shit got hot, you know. Stuff got hot. You know, the time after that, I mean, the shop had to be closed and uh, all kinds of stuff had to, you know. It, it, it just, I mean... <laughs> Not and see, look, my bad. And this is how desensitize, de, 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 But yeah, that he had two small children, a wife, you know, everything, and it, it everything everything went to shit, you know, everything got hot, you know, it's the and yeah. So this is the exact same story that I shared with my daughter. She was crying. She was crying. You know, we're we're very emotional, me and her and my other daughter. We, you know, like we have, you know, we cry. We are, we are, our feet, you know, our emotions and stuff. And that like we can feel compassion and we cry, you know. And my poor baby, she started crying because, you know, she never knew this about her uncle that died. The father of her cousins whom she loves, you know. She was crying, my poor thing. And, um. Uh, You know, her husband was like, okay, that's enough. You know, like, enough. Because she wanted to know, right? And she's an adult. And I asked her. And, and, and they, so it's not like, you know, I'm not looking for any excuses that I should have or shouldn't have or whatever. The timing was proper because she's an adult. They were all adults and we were talking about adult stuff. But, you know, not knowing there's a gap, right? But that gap, when, when it got filled in, it, it broke her heart, which it's understandable. You know, my daughters have been insulated from all of this stuff. And thank God, thank God that I 
did that however I could. My wife, we did that. We we made sure that I made sure that I kept all of that stuff away for their protection. For their protection. They did not grow up ghetto. They did not grow up in all of that stuff. Early on in their young age, sure, I was doing that stuff around them, but but you know, we kept them. I kept we protected them at home from seeing stuff, from hearing certain things, you know what I'm saying? For their own benefit. And, you know, talking to my daughters, it, it all kind of, all of these emotions and all of these things started kind of showing themselves to me when I was talking to them. Seeing her crying, you know. But she knows, you know, because even when her husband said, it's, you know, okay, enough. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. You know, she was crying because it's emotional, but she wanted, you know, she's an adult. She wanted to know. And she was saying, no, it's okay. And, you know, and I mean, I just, I mean, and that was pretty I just wrapped up that part of the story because that was basically, you know, that was basically it. There was, there wasn't too much more to, to say, to say about that. So I just, you know, but it kind of showed, it kind of showed to me how, yes, sometimes little white lies, like, oh, he got killed in a drive-by. Like, sometimes that's okay, especially when we're talking about children. You know, and in other instances, you know, I'll give another example. But um, in this instance, it was a good thing because they protected them. It protected their minds, their young minds from having to try to comprehend any of the, any of this stuff. Hey, it's it's much more simple. He died, and then as they as, when we had some, they got older, and well, how did he die? Well, he 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 got he died in a drive-by. You know, because he was in drugs and, oh, okay. Okay, good. That's that's good enough, right? For a young mind. But for an adult mind, an, inqui an, in an inquiring mind, you know, who wants to know stuff, details. You know, because remember, prior to me talking to her about these things, she was telling me about how much she enjoyed this movie or the show about an underground poker game where it was illegal and it was illegal. And, you know, she was like, man, that's intriguing, right? So she was intrigued about this thing, right? But see, her, her young little protected mind doesn't know the, the dark side of that stuff. Now, like gambling, you know, it's, it's, it's a no hurt, no foul. You know, the only people you're hurting are, the only person you hurt is the government because they don't get their share, you know? You're consenting adults, doing what they do. Whatever. It's, you don't hurt nobody in gambling, right? So that is something. That is intrigue, and it's cool because there's, you're not hurting people. But in the drug game, it's different because people do die. People do get hurt, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's sad. It, I mean, it, it's, it, it broke my heart, but, you know, it, it, it was also revealing because, hey, sometimes we have to shield you know, young minds from our adult bullshit. You know, they had no clue. My daughters had no clue of all the drugs that I used to move, of some of the stuff that we went through. When I told them about that box with the half a million dollars in it, they were like, what the fuck? My daughter and my nenas. Because they don't know. They, were, they don't know any of this stuff. They're precious. Forgive me. Ooh. Hiccup. They're precious little angels that were protected from all of this craziness. 
And just hearing, you know, their dad tell them these stories about crazy stuff that they only see on TV, you know, it's like, wow, you know. I can only imagine their their thoughts or their feelings about it. Like, wow. But, you know, one thing that I have been wanting to do with them is, you know, be as as honest with them as as I possibly can. Because we're all adults, you know. When my son asked me about something, and I'm honest, you know. When my daughter asked me about it, I was going to be honest about it. You know, I wasn't going to mince any, any words, you know. And I wasn't, I wasn't glorifying what was going on. I was sharing, just matter-of-factly, what was going on. And uh, it's... It's uh, it's it's it was a lot. It was revealing to me, to them, of course, because they were just freaked out. All of them, all of them, they were freaked out, you know, by what I was telling them. They were heartbroken, my nenas. You know, the guys were like, "Oh my God," because they know, you know, my co- the nenas' cousin. Oh, and I'm sorry. When I say nenas, I mean my daughters. So they know the nenas' cousins. You know, the father that died, right? The cousins. They know. Um, they know them. So uh, they're like, wow, right? And this is something that, that, that they see on, you know, they know it exists, but, and, and they kind of knew that we kind of do stuff, that we did stuff, but not really knowing details, right? They just kind of, they just kind of know that, that this stuff was part of our lives back then. So they were protected. You know, I kept I kept all that stuff away from them and it really showed it really revealed itself when we were having these conversations the other day because they had no idea. They had no idea and I, I mean and I, I mean great because I I've never shared with them and I mean, you know, now is fine. You know, they get some tidbits every once in a while when we talk, when we hang out because you know, we talk a lot on the on over message and on phone. Esther, but you know, just your standard stuff. We don't get into big, deep conversations. Usually, when we hang out, is when this stuff comes out because that's when we get into different conversations about different things. And you know, uh, I start explaining stuff or sharing stories and stuff like that. You know, so they had no idea that you know that 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 this is where they come from, <laughs> sort of. And it's funny because, like, I told my, I told, uh, uh, actually, both of the husbands, right? Uh, um, I told them, it's the, uh, have, has the nenas ever got, did you ever see their, their, uh, their hood side, right? Their gangster side? Because they come from gangster stock, you know, I told them, they're from the hood, you know, like, sure, don't let, I tell like, don't let, don't let this, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm just joking because they're not, you know, they're not hood. They're not this. I'm just joking with them, right? But, you know, like trying to put some cred on, on my nanas, you know. They're from the hood, man. Hey, you know, watch out. You know, they're going to get ghetto on y'all, you know. And I asked uh, Trevor, hey, did, had you seen my nana ever get ghetto on anybody? And he's like, yeah, I seen her. I seen her get angry. We're all laughing because they're so tiny. They're like, dude, they're minus five foot tall, bro, 100 pounds, like, you know, like, oh, you're so cute. You know, you can't see them hurting a fly. You know, that's how, that's how tiny my little angels are, you know. And to just, 
think that you know that they're get, that they can get ghetto or whatever or hood or whatever you know it's, it's just it's just a fun thought because they're not they're not we we actually left um we left the hood um when they were pretty young i think i don't know my daughters were probably going into the first or the second grade i'm not too sure we moved to mesquite and mesquite wasn't hood back then you know it was pretty chill right so we got out of the hood and went over there and it was good it was good for the kids you know and although i came to the hood every freaking day to do my shit you know they were over there they were protected you know they didn't have to go to these these bullshit schools in Dallas and stuff like that, you know. So we, um, we, well, actually, it was my wife's idea, which was great, you know. Uh, I'm glad she, she, you know, said, let's do this, and we left because it was good overall to protect the kids from, I mean, you know, we have to protect the kids, man. The hood is nothing, it's nothing to be proud of, the hood. It's not, it's, it's, we fuck up a lot over here, you know? And you know how we... Some of the dream, uh, the dreams of the hood is like getting out of the hood, <laughs> you know? But when you get out of hood, when you get out of the hood, you got to leave the hood behind. You know, you got to... You, you know, yeah, take your balls with you and all that, pero leave the pendejadas, you know? You leave the bullshit in the hood, man. Why are you going to leave the hood and take the hood with you, right? Type shit. Right, so we go over there. You change, you know, you, the kids grow up different. You change some of your ways and stuff. You whatever, right? That's what's what it is about getting out of the hood to get away from that life, to get away from that same routine, the drugs and the drug dealing and the whatever, right? We had to get out, and we did, and it was good. It was good for the kids. Um, because, I mean, shit, my daughter's graduated Texas A&M, full ride, master's degree, you know, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So it was a good thing. I don't know if they would have been able to accomplish that if they would have went to hood schools, public, Dallas public schools and shit, garbage schools. I don't know how well they would have done. So, you know, we protected them by moving them away from the hood. Protected our children. And at the same time, by doing that, um, you know, and also by keeping certain things from them, right? Not Them not knowing all this other stuff about all the craziness and this and that. I mean, they probably had some small glimpses of stuff that they didn't understand or whatever and fine. But, you know, no, don't ask, don't tell. They never ask, you never tell, you know. And that's how we approached all of their young adult life, you know. Uh, when my when they left, uh, when my wife left, uh, my kids, my daughters were probably 15 or something going into, no, they were like 14, yeah, going into high school, right? So, and my son was uh, 16, right? So at that point, you know, and then uh, I'm sure they at some point asked some questions to some of their other uncles and stuff like that. And of course, everybody some ways knows that you know, you minimize it, you, you, you make up, I mean, and here's the thing, is you make up little lies, but to protect the kids, right? Because they don't need to know certain details, they don't need to know the gory details. I mean, my daughter was heartbroken, poor baby. And I didn't get all gory, I didn't tell her how many times he got shot, I just said that he, they found him dead in the back seat, 
you know, that he was shot. That was it, you know. Bad enough, you know. And, and imagine telling her that he that he, if he were to get hit, or telling her how many times he got hit and stuff like that, you know. It's fucking crazy. We had his, we had to pick up his car from the pound, from the crime scene, whatever, afterwards, and the blood, there was blood in the back seat. All of that shit, man. This is real shit. You know? We see shit on the TV. And look, here's the thing that I want to remind our listeners. If you've never lived this, great. You know? If you've lived a protected life, fucking awesome. Congratulations to your parents, to you, really. But, you know, we see this stuff on TV. It looks fun and everything. Now, like I said earlier, the poker stuff, that's fun because there's no harm, no foul. Nobody gets hurt unless it's... People get hurt if they're dealing with big money and uh, uh, shady people, whatever. Maybe people get hurt. But in this world over here, people get hurt all the time. You know? It's a dangerous world that we live in. In, in that world, the, the, the game, moving work, moving holly, you know, cartels, all that shit, that's a serious thing. It's not like in the movies. I mean, shit. Yeah, it is exactly like in the movies. Like Sicario and shit. Fucking uh, narcos, you know? Shit gets real, real fast, man. In that world. You know, and I think it's it's good to understand it and to know that that's what happens. You know, we come on here. I come on here and with the other guys too. You know, we share these stories. You know, not to glorify violence. Not to glorify the gang. Not to glorify the, the game. You know, all of that. You know, we don't, we don't want to do that. Because there's nothing to glorify. What's glorious about the way Enrique died? What's glorious about the way little Daniel died? What's glorious about the way Hector Medellin died? What's glorious about all of that? There's no glory in that. It's sad and it's heartbreaking. Because of the betrayal and all of it. I mean, there's just so much that goes into these things. It's heartbreaking. That's the reality of what goes on in the hood. You know, and we have to protect our children from that stuff. If we want to break those generational chains, right? Those generational cycles that have to be broken. That's the, that's probably the only way to do that. Because if I, you know, if I was, if we were very loose with what we're doing in front of our kids and the way we talk and everybody, whatever, and everything's just like the way a lot of stuff is in the hood, you know, these days, how would my kids have grown up? Probably... I say probably not as well as as they did and as successful as they are. Because they were isolated from those things that could have led them 
and cause them to, you know, take a different turn in their life maybe. But by those steps of be, of leaving the hood and this and that and protecting them myself by keeping all of my shenanigans away from the house, you know, those type of things, protected them and it was good. Because this, this ghetto hood drug dealer mentality like that shit has to, that's no good. It's no good. It only gets us. It, it, it's, it's, it's basically one of the causes of all of our freaking problems over here in the hood. You know, these, this mentality, this feeling of being disrespected or everybody wants to have money and niggas want to be hard and have guns and this and be hard and gangster, you know, trying to be all gangs and banging and shit, you know? Not all about that shit, man. Yeah, protect yourself. You know, protect your family, get your strap, CDL, whatever, conceal license, whatever. That's the CDL, uh, conceal carry, right? All of that is great, man. Shit, you know, low down, down low, you know, you don't got to be loud and shit. Hey, relax, everything's cool, but you know you're ready, you know? All that shit, all that big talk, all the whatever, all that shit's for, you know, that's for the youngsters, man. And even still... Us uh, older older cats, you know, we want, you know, at some point we want to share with the youngsters that hey, that's a bunch of bullshit. All that doesn't lead you nowhere. Doesn't get you nothing. What? Just makes you feel good. Why? Because you got a better car than the next guy, or because you got more balls than the next guy, or because somebody ball checks you or whatever the fuck. Now come on, man. Those are the mistakes that we made along the way that caused people their lives and their freedoms along the way. Or stupid shit like that. Hood shit. Hood mentality. Shit. Thinking they're going to get rich off of 10 pounds or 20 pounds. My homeboy Daniel got killed for 10 pounds of fucking weed. Dirt weed. Mexican fucking squished ass weed. The kind of shit that nobody wants. The kind of shit nobody buys. 300 bucks a pound. $3,000. Whatever the fuck it was. Him and boy got killed. Two guys. For 10 fucking pounds of weed. That the morons didn't even take. He was in the trunk. My niggas weren't sitting in their car. These other dudes just ran up shooting. It wasn't even a, you know, slick. They just ran up shooting. My niggas, my Daniel and Boyd didn't, couldn't, didn't even, it, it, unexpected. Unexpected. It just, boom, 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 headshots. You know? They looked, then the dudes, the young cats that came shooting, there was two of them. Looked in the car, looked in the back seat. Shit, no bag, no nothing. Took off running. Uh, the little neighbor kid, Frankie's little brother, was on the phone, at the, on the pay phone. He saw it all go down. He knew that was Daniel in that, in that car right there in the parking lot. He had just seen him. He ran up, he ran up to the car and uh, little Daniel was mad. He said little Daniel was mad, but he was dying. But you could see it on his face. He wasn't just in pain. He was mad than a bitch. And they both died. Right there. Over some dumb shit. That's the reality of the fucking hood. People die on some shit, man. That's just real. That's just fucking real. And it's fine, look. 
you're protected. Wherever you live, if you don't live in these areas, if you've grown fucking great, you are blessed. You are blessed. You really are, man. So just be careful, you know, when you think about these things and you and you see people glorifying them or you might want to glorify or you want to, you know, it's like, no, this is real, man. You know, you can play a little bit and, you know, a little persona of tough guy or whatever, but shit's real. The shit's real out there. People die. People have died. They left my nigga in his car in front of my freaking house. Right here, you know, right here where I am right now, I'm in the bunker in the garage. Here, at this house, they left him right there in front of the house in his car. Dead. That's the... You know, there's time. There is not time. There are proper times to disclose certain things. That's the, I, I'm glad that I didn't know. I never knew what they knew or didn't know. And I assumed that they didn't know much because, you know, kind of stuff you don't tell the kids. Esther and um, you know, but it was proper timing because she asked me, and she was an adult. Now she's an adult; they're adults, and it was it was right. Now I don't think their cousins know the exact thing. Now that I think about it, because I I I did mention that the boy cousin knows, uh, but I don't think he knows all the details. Now that I think about it. <laughs> And I know the girl cousin definitely doesn't know all the details. So hopefully my daughters, you know, they know. They probably want to keep that to themselves because it's pretty gory if they couldn't handle it, you know. I mean, they can handle it. They're tough little cookies, but they know they're probably never going to tell that to, the, to their cousins. But the timing, right? Back to the timing and the little white lies. I'll call it a little white lie because it's a lie to protect to protect the kids, right? How did my dad die? Oh, well, uh, he was involved in some drugs and then uh, he got shot. How did he get shot? Uh, um, it was like a drive-by. Like, oh, okay, that's, that's good enough. That's, that, that's a good enough explanation for the kids. And good and fine, you know, that's... That's what we got to do sometimes as parents, as adults, you know. The, sometimes we're not ready to know the truth. Um, be, not because of any, you know, because we can't handle it. You know. We have to be mentally, physically, spiritually able to handle some of this heavy stuff. Um... You know, on another little, just another little story about white lies. Um, <laughs> it's a little personal, but it's okay. Hey, I'm an open book, right? So, um, you know, after my wife left and everything, and, you know, it had already been some years. And then when I started getting my life together, at some point I started thinking, man, that'd be great if I get my life together. And then my ex sees it and then she's like okay he looks like he's getting his stuff together and we can get back together right that was kind of like my 
my um, pipe dream or whatever, right? That was like my thing. I was like, no, I was thinking like, that'd be great, right? It wasn't like, let me change so she can be with me. It was more like, okay, maybe maybe if I, if I do the work I need to do, she might, you know, it was something like that. Anyhow. Uh, so I had that in mind a little bit, I, I, you know, and I even brought it up to my daughters at some point, and then I was like, man, you know, I'm, I just want to get my life together, and maybe at some point moms re- realize, whatever, right? I do remember telling them that, and they were like, oh, okay. And, and then, so see, so see, my relationship with the family, right? When I say family, again, I'm talking about the family, the family. It was really good. And I would still talk to the, the, the right? So the guy that died, his wife, uh, I talked, uh, you know, we, you know, we had great, you know, we still talk and everything, right? So I would see them and this and that. And, and then at some point, too, I remember bringing up that thing about getting back with my ex. And, uh, no, to somebody else in the family. And they were like, oh, yeah, maybe, whatever. But then I told her, right, the one, the, the widow, the same thing one day, and she was like, uh, don't you know, or something? And like, what? Uh, and then, oh, no, 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 my bad. I don't know, I don't know how, what happened, what, somehow I saw a picture of my ex, and she was pregnant, she looked pregnant, and I was like, what the heck? And, um, I asked, um, I asked, Everybody, <laughs> I asked my mom, my mom knew, my sister knew, my kids, of course, and everybody, like, I was kept in the dark. I had no clue that she was remarried and all of this stuff. I was literally in the dark. Like, I had no idea. It was so weird. When I saw it, when I found out, it was like, I wasn't even mad. I was baffled. Because I had the slightest clue. Slightest clue. You know? And then I asked it and I asked my kids and everybody confirmed it. And I was just like, my mind was just like, whoa. Right? It was baffling because I hadn't the slightest idea, dude. It, I imagine just blank gap and then, and then this gap just fills up with all this information. And you're just like, what the hell? Right? But like I said, I wasn't mad. I was just, wow. But I asked the widow about it, and she came straight out, and she told me. And she says, she says, you know, um, my ex, right, had mentioned to her, hey, you know, can you kind of not mention this stuff? If you, if, if you see Chema and he asked, can you, like, not, like, kind of, like, saying, you know, can you kind of keep this from him? And... She, you know, the widow, right? I don't want to say her name, but, you know. She says, well, if he asks me, I'm going to tell him the truth, right? But I never asked her, so you never, she never had to tell me until that moment when I, after I found out about, you know, my ex being pregnant and everything. And she told me, yeah, you know. And we talked, and she mentioned it and everything. And, you know, when I found out, about that, I was already 
it was after it was after reco- it was after my recovery. You know, I was already on the way back. I was already running and I was like getting my shit on. You know, I was getting my shit together like full blown big time badass, right? But it was still a blow because I just didn't know. You know, and when I found out I was just like, wow. So it was kind of an emotional blow. But I accepted it. I'm like, okay. You know, I accepted that she moved on and at that point I was like, okay. She's not, you know, whatever. I I accepted that moment and moved on, right? But I was thinking. I was, because my mind frame, my body, my spirituality, everything was proper at that moment. I cried, sure. But I let it, you know, it. I accepted it, let it go. So I was good with it. I was whole with it after. You know, I made peace with it. And I was thinking, man... If I would have known this, right, uh, a year prior, let's say, when I wasn't quite right, you know, when I wasn't through recovery yet, God knows how would, I would have took it. It might have pushed me over the edge or something, you know. Ain't no telling, ain't no telling, because I know as from a fact that a year prior to this moment when I found out about my ex and this and that, a year, year and a half prior to that, I wasn't right. I wasn't balanced yet. I wasn't getting through my thing yet. I was still fighting and, you know, I was still struggling and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So God knows my how my reaction like my reaction would have been. So so thank God that they didn't tell me. Thank God that my my um, sister-in-law didn't tell me. Thank God that that uh, my ex told everybody to not mention this sort of stuff. She told the kids. She you know everybody knew, and that was good. And it was good. And I am grateful and I am thankful that that is what happened. Because like I said again, who knows how I would have took it. So to the white lie, they protected me. With the white lie. They protected. My ex protected me. With that white lie. My kids by agreeing to it. Protected me. My mom. My sister protected me. With that white lie. Because I wouldn't have been ready to hear the truth. You know. And when I did find the truth out. I was in a better place. In life. At that moment. And it helped me get through that moment. So the white lie is good. It helps protect. And sometimes we need to do it. And it's, it's fine. It's fine if we do it. Especially. Look. all human, We're all. You don't have to come from the hood. To have done some shit. You know. You don't have to have come from certain backgrounds. To, do, to have done some shit. We're all imperfect. We're all humans. We've all done some stuff. Man. You know. And. Um, honesty is good. Honesty is good. With the family. With our friends. We need to be honest with our ch- with each other. With ourselves. We, we talk about that. A lot. About being honest with ourselves. You know. Being honest with each other. Right. It's the best. That's the best. That's the best way to approach everything, you know. Uh, but as far as when it comes to children and some of these things, we have to protect each other, you know. But then there will come a time when 
these things can be openly talked about, discussed, and everything. You know, like, I have a, I try to have the best, I want to have the best and most open relationship with my daughters, you know. Especially them. Like, with my son, we're good. Like, we're, we're like, that's my, that's my dude, you know, my son. But with my daughters, you know, I kept a lot from them, you know. So, uh, over the past several years, I've made it a, a point to, you know, to be honest and open with them. If they ask me, so I'm going to tell them honestly, you know. They know some stuff about me that, yeah, that some, you know, I've, dope, I've opened up to them, you know. And I want to continue to do that, you know. Um, some of these stories are har are horrible, you know. And I've, and and that was like honestly, like w as far as the familia, right, the family, um, that was that is the har the most horrible thing that happened in the familia was that was Enrique's death, you know, it, and everything that came from it, you know. So I can share other stories now with with not worrying about, you know, that was like they heard the peak of, of the thing, right? Other stuff they can handle because it's all about drugs and money and whatever, right? That's there. But the time was, was proper because they asked and were adults and, and I told them. And even though she cried, or they both cried, my, both of my daughters, there, but, you know, they understood. They understood and I... I haven't followed up with them yet, but I'm sure at some point we'll talk about it again. And, you know, and I do want to, I, I am going to, you know, express a little bit more to them about, like, sort of what I'm expressing to you guys here. Because they don't, they're not, they've listened to a few shows, but they're not, you know, they're busy. They're accountants, so, you know, they, they stay busy. They don't got time for podcasts all the time. Maybe they do sometimes, but, you know, anyhow. But, you know, I want to kind of touch back with them about some of these things, you know. But to you guys out there, to my to my guys, you know, we all come from a certain place, you know, and we've we've done dirt, you know, and we want to protect our children. We don't want them to grow up like we did. You know, we want to protect them, we want to protect their minds and their hearts from all of that stuff. And we have to do the best we can. But, you know, at some point. They might ask us about stuff. And, um, you know, we're going to want to be honest when they do. We want to be thoughtful about it, too. Especially if people got hurt and, uh, you know, and, and our judgment, good use, use good judgment. You know, especially if it's about stuff, something like this. You know, young minds don't com can't comprehend the violence and all that stuff. You know, they don't, they can't comprehend that stuff. But an adult mind can and can absorb it and can take it in and understand the situations and stuff, you know. So sometimes we're, we're going to have to lie. We're going to have to tell white lies to our kids, to our nephews and nieces and, you know, because uh, for their own protection, for their own good, we do it. That's why we do it. But then the point of the time of revelation will be at some point, you know. Um, it's not my responsibility to tell the nephew and the niece, right? Uh, somebody else will know when that moment is right. It's the, if ever. Maybe it might never be right timing, you know, which is fine. 
you know, but as for me and my family and my kids, it's like, okay, that was the conversation we were going to have, and we had it, you know. So so if we want to be honest, right, we that's what we do here, right? Working on ourselves and be honest with ourselves. Being honest with ourselves means we got to be honest with other people too, with our children, you know, with our family members. When these situations arise, when these problems come up, the best, the best remedy is honesty. You can't go wrong with honesty. Best remedy. You know? And uh, I'm glad I chose to be fort, fort right. <laughs> or what? Fort with. Or whatever the word is. You know, just honest. When the questions came up, and um, it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting talk, and it was, I'm glad I got to do it. I mean, it was heartbreaking, sure, because they learned some stuff that they didn't know, but it's okay. They're tough little cookies, my angels. They're from the hood, remember? <laughs> but yeah, so it's okay. It's okay to make little white lies, tell little white lies, especially to our kids, to the young minds. We have to protect them. But that day of reckoning will come, guys. A day of reckoning will come where you have to mention, where you have to talk about certain things to you, your daughters, you know, to your son, you know, to your children about stuff that went on, you know. And we want to do our best to be as honest as possible with ourselves and with them. Because that's, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. We want to continue that. We want to do the best we can at it. It's hard. It's hard, hey. Doing what's right, it's not easy. It's hard. But that's why it's so rewarding. You know? So that's why we change our lives too because, um, because that lifestyle, that lifestyle of not giving a fuck, that lifestyle of get that money, that lifestyle of drug dealing, that lifestyle of want to come up, this and that, it's dangerous. It's not, there's nothing comes from it. Nothing comes from it but pain and destruction. And heartache. That's all. You know, so thank God we we made certain choices along the way to change that trajectory in our lives. You know, to protect our children. And in our and in other ways to protect ourselves, of course, because if you're immersed in that world, you're among the danger and it's like, okay. You know. But mostly for the children, first and foremost for the children. But yeah, yep. sometimes we got to lie. Sometimes we got to lie. But remember, when you do, that day of reckoning will come at some point where you will have to confront some of those lies. Because you remember stuff when you're little. I remember stuff when I was little. You know, like, oh, shit, that was weird. Like, okay, so, so at some point we might get confronted or asked about this stuff from our children, from whatever, right? Sometimes it might happen. And we're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to deal with it at some point. Hey, but we're good. We're G's, right? You're G, right? You're a G. So it's not gonna be that hard, right? It's not gonna be that hard because you know we're working on ourselves, and by working on ourselves, we get tough. We toughen up. We get smarter. We get, you know, we understand more things about ourselves, about our lives, about our families, about our surroundings. You know, we're more capable. You know. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. 
And that's what we do here. And that's what we want to continue to do. So, yeah. White lies are okay. Little white lies. If you're protecting the children, it's okay. Protect their little minds. And then when they grow up and they ask you, Hey, Dad, what was that white stuff in them big old blocks that you used to keep in the garage? And then your uncles would come and y'all would cut it open and put it on this little thing with the weights and the thing. And the, the, when they ask, they, you know, you're going to be like, okay, have a seat. Have a seat there, son. I'm going to have to break you down a little something, you know. That day will come, guys. That day will come. And, I mean, you know, doesn't, you know, you can, we, you'll find a way. You'll find a way to get the message across, you know. So, yeah, that day will come. All right, guys. I want to thank you. I hope uh, you enjoyed our little conversation there. I've been thinking about this all day because um, so that this conversation that I had with my daughters just happened last night. So all day I've been like, okay, what? How am I going to address this? Because I wanted to get the idea. I wanted to get my thoughts out about this because it is something that we all have to, at some point, deal with. In our lives, when it comes to our children or whatever, some of the things like we're gonna have to deal with it at some point. And since it just happened, and you know, we've had these these conversations before with my daughter. Like I said, me and my daughter, I'm very open with my daughters. They know some personal stuff, you know, about me that not even, you know, you know, the anyhow. As that, so we're very honest, you know. So we've had these conversations before, uh, but I wanted to use this as a as an example, not an example, but you know, it just happened. So I wanted to share that with you guys because it's going to happen if y'all haven't had to had some of these talks with your sons or daughters. I mean, hey, you're going to, you're going to have that talk. You're going to have that talk. And, um, you know, it will happen. And, you know, you want to be ready for that. So that's what we're talking about here. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you, man. I want to thank you guys uh, for sticking all the way through, if you did, if you made it all the way through, thank you, thank you so much, and I, and I hope you enjoyed what you heard. You know, it's something that we gotta do. We're, we're, we're you know, we're grown ups and we're family, and like we needed to, we needed to talk about that. So I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, I hope uh, it helps you. You know, in some ways, uh, when your time comes to to have this conversation, or if you're a younger generation uh, person. When you ask your parents about stuff, you know, be prepared. Don't ask questions of stuff that you do not want to know, you know. You got to be ready for the answer because, you know, like my daughter asked. And I asked her, are you sure you want to know? She said, yes. Okay. So for you young guys out there, it's okay to ask questions. But, you know, just make sure that you understand that, you know, there's some stuff that, that you're going to learn by asking certain questions. And, you know, so... Be sure you be sure you want to know. What the, uh, be sure you want to know those answers, man. If you ask those questions, okay. But yeah, it's it's important to be honest with each other. So that's what we want to do. Uh, okay, I'm babbling. So uh, all, I want to welcome any and all new listeners. Uh, thank you for being with us, and I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, please hit the subscribe button, este, and tell your friends. You know. We was what we do here. We have some nice conversations about philosophy, about religion, about science, about life experiences. Hey, this is what we do here. Thesis, baby. That's what we do here. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends and hit the subscribe button because we don't put out content every day, every few days. Holiday season is rough, not rough, but you know, hey, we're busy, so you know, 
but check back soon. Hit the subscribe button. Check back soon. Hey, how we do it here, okay? All right. What else? Uh, oh, the um, email is in the description if you would like to reach out to us. I'd love to hear from you guys if you do. Um, what else? Uh, anything else? No, that's it. Oh, yeah. So if you're new, hit the subscribe button. Check back often because we don't put out content every day. Every few days, every other day, holiday season is crazy. So then we got a blizzard coming through uh, during later on in the week or something. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, I'm going to put some stuff out because, you know, it's the end of the year. Time to wrap up this year, get this speech of Corona year over with and tell 2020 to go take a hike. Right. Yes. All right, guys. So in the meantime, please take care of yourselves. Uh, stay safe out there, you know, keep yourself um, protected at home and abroad, right, when you're at work, when you're driving, you know, you know how we do it, man, just stay safe out there, and uh, stay healthy, all right, and we keep at it, we keep at it, every day is a fight, we keep fighting every single day, we don't give up, we fight the good fight, and, you know, that's what we do, so, in the meantime, uh, stay safe. And I will see you guys soon. Okay? Alright, guys. Uh, peace out. This is Thesis. <laughs>